Welcome to the Keeping Room Podcast. In today's episode, we are talking about home maintenance, which isn't always fun, so there may be some minor course language. At worst, we'd rate it PG-13. I mean, okay, so... Here's, here's how I'm leaving this episode. I'm shit at home maintenance, like absolutely terrible. Like I know what you should do, but time passes for me and I just don't pay attention. Like how has it been 10 years kind of a thing? <laughs> this is the Keeping Room Podcast. I'm Caitlin, an architect, old house nerd, and DIY enabler. And I'm Jake, an old house lover and DIY enthusiast. This is a space for us to share why we love old houses, what they can teach us, and how you can apply those lessons to your home. Welcome to The Keeping Room. Maintenance schedules aren't bad for me. I am bad at maintenance schedules. (laughs) And do you honestly know anyone who is good at it? No. But it's it's one of those things. you got to take care of it, right? Yeah. the, The objective here is not to make us feel bad about our lack of home maintenance. It is it is to like make us feel more strongly and to motivate ourselves and our listeners that we should maintain our homes. And appreciate that they can be maintained. There we go. That's really the the difference is you know and that even if you don't maintain it, some things are resilient and they're it's not the end of the world. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's start at the top. What okay. is home maintenance? I mean, honestly, it's just checking on things as you go, making sure things are not failing that should not be failing. And sometimes maintenance is as much as like, it's literally just checking that it's still working like it should. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, when I think of maintenance tasks, I think of like changing the oil in my car, right? And there's there's specialized equipment and you have to like lift the car up on the little ramps and crawl up under there and get all kinds of dirty and like be a worm on the ground. You have and... actually changed your own oil? Yeah, you haven't? No. Oh. No. See, so this is why I'm terrible <laughs> at maintenance, right? Like that's not fun to me. I will change the head gasket on an engine because that's new and interesting, but like the routine of having to do it over and over uh, again. Okay. The brain's just like, no, I don't want to do it. Well, <laughs> I mean, we can talk about I'll that satisfaction. <laughs> talk about that satisfaction. But like when I when I think of maintenance, I do think about like it is the task of the doing. But in home maintenance, sometimes it is just knowing that it's time for the oil change. And it, whether you change the oil yourself or take it to Jiffy Lube, or in the case of your home, pace, call someone to come out and do a service call. Mm-hmm. Like taking care of those things ensures that your home is in good shape and will last infinitely long. Yes. In theory. In theory. <laughs> um, so sometimes sometimes maintenance is doing. It it might be it might be cleaning, it might be clearing, it might be flushing, painting, you know, there's there are active parts of maintenance. But a, a large part of it is just checking, just like is this is this there? Is this is this still happening? Paying attention. Yeah. Really. And it to your point about like it is so hard to do or there there are so many things it feels like to check on. And so I I like a schedule. I, yeah, a schedule is a good way to do it for sure. <laughs> Little reminders that pop up. Check, make yeah. sure that you flushed your water heater this year. And I haven't. And mm. I haven't in 10. <laughs> I mean, like, if you're listening, raise your hand if you have flushed your water heater. Ever? And, yeah, no one's hand just went up. <laughs> My parents' hot water heaters are in their attic. Like, they are not easily accessible. And they just switched to tankless. And those require more maintenance than a tank oh, tanked water heater. Yeah, they do. And, like, I'm pretty sure they have. Well, I mean, the the problem is if you do not maintain things, they fail. Like, yeah. That, and usually they fail faster than they would if you maintain them. And I found that out with a water heater. <laughs> I actually celebrated it when the first one failed because it was still under the home warranty when we bought the house. <laughs> there was three inches of water on the basement and I was excited about it. <laughs> That's a special flavor. I don't have to buy that water heater. Yes. (laughs) And then they dropped us, which is fair because, you know, 
we had the water heater fail in the first like two years and the HVAC fail. And they were like, no, we don't want to let you continue having this home warranty <laughs> plan. <laughs> I mean, maybe later we'll talk about how home warranties can be an absolute scam. Yeah, they definitely can. But that one, we got our money's worth on that. Hey. So. <laughs> hey. They're not all trash. No. And like they do have some value, but they can they can also not be the best thing. Right. Uh, but most insurance. But that's a thing. Yeah, that's a thing. If okay. So so home maintenance isn't necessarily the doing. Right. It is it's more about the checking. It's about the verifying and and going through and, and just keeping up to make sure that your house does work as it should. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to do it. Longevity of those systems and like making your investment last longer right. is a huge part of it. It's usually way cheaper to maintain the, you know, the various parts of your house as opposed to having to replace them. Yeah. I mean, like how much would that hot water heater have cost? Well, we had to buy it again in well, a few years. It was like a thousand dollars. That's like a thousand dollars. You don't necessarily want to just give right. away. Right. I don't know why it failed. Oh, because it was a crappy one. That's why. So that's where that's why the home warranty doesn't necessarily pay for itself. <laughs> it lasted like six to seven years, which they should last closer to 10. But also we weren't flushing it. So like the element burned out and it was yeah. actually cheaper to replace it than to just replace the element. Okay. 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 And we replaced it with a better one. But generally taking care, doing the small things is going to be cheaper than doing the big replacement on a more regular schedule. Oh. I mean, I'm I'm sitting here looking at this window that needs to, the glazing putty needs to get refreshed on mm-hmm. most of the way around it. And I can put that off infinitely. But if I take care of it and I reseal that house or reseal that window, it's going to make this room more comfortable. I will spend less money heating and cooling my house as we go throughout. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to make sure that the water stays on the outside of the house, not the inside, so things don't get rotted and make the house overall last longer. Right. Cause problems down the road. Yeah. I mean, and that's a thing that can be maintained and is a relatively simple thing to do. It just, it seems scary because it's, it's different. I get anxious with unknowns. And so when I don't know how to do the thing, it seems like a scary monster. Mm-hmm. But usually once I figure it out, then it's like, oh, that's totally fine. Whereas you like the exciting and the new and the flashy. And once it becomes more routine, you lose the joy in it. I mean, it's both for me. I got both problems. <laughs> I got both problems. Make I got it the make problem. Sense, I don't my brain does not make sense. <laughs> if I know how to do the thing, I don't want to necessarily do the okay. thing. But if I don't know how to do the thing, I also don't necessarily <laughs> want to do the thing. Sometimes the fun is in figuring out how to do the thing, and then once I know I don't want to do it. It's I bad. Mean, I could see that. Uh so and everybody struggles. I have a feeling everyone struggles with maintenance. This yeah. is not this is not an uncommon problem. And no, because it's way easier. There are so many other things that clamor for your attention in life. Oh, yeah. Than reglazing a window. Yeah. But I'm not here to shame anybody about it, right? That That's not our Mm-mm. purpose because Mm-mm. we can both point to... <laughs> so much deferred bait. How many times have we <laughs> failed to keep up with our own schedules despite <laughs> best of intentions? It's just it's part of how it goes. Yeah. Um, but the... You know, talking about let's call it meditating on the value of <laughs> uh, of keeping up with that shit and like putting that love and attention into your house so that so that your house can love you back. Yeah. Um. One more thing I want to talk about uh, for like why there's value in maintaining your home. It seems like a stressor. It seems like something that takes time, and it seems like a task to complete, and that is annoying. It, it's just another thing on your plate. Mm-hmm. Um. But it's a lot better to know that that's on your calendar and you're you take care of it and you stay on top of it as opposed to you don't maintain it and then it causes an unexpected failure Mm -hmm. and suddenly your house is 100 degrees because your hvac failed in the summertime right and it just piles up and it all it all tends to pile up at the same time (laughs) so maintaining your house or maintaining your your home is a good way to to bring more regularity and like a little more peace and expected into your into your existence right because even if you know like oh that ac is not looking its best it sounds a little funky you can plan to replace that as opposed to it surprising you out yeah and i mean so like some of these things like i don't know how to do hvac 
I know how to where the vents should go, but I don't know how to work on that. Fair. I bought into like a yearly maintenance plan with the guy that installed my system. And they come twice a year. They call me to schedule, so I don't even have to remember that. Perfect. They come twice a year. They check it out. They do the thing, whatever. They spray out the compressor. And while I could do that myself, like, it's remembering to do it, and I don't have to. And outsourcing some of that, like, preventative, repetitive maintenance, especially on big systems that are complicated, is worth it. Well, and... If you have the privilege to be able to afford that, sure, <laughs> it's not honestly that's not an expensive plan. I think it's like fifteen dollars a month, and think about all the things we pay fifteen dollars a month for. I could probably give up Netflix and sleep better at <laughs> night because I know my HVAC has been worked on. Yes, yes, yes. I'm really comfortable replacing the the filters for the HVAC, and I had the guy out one time to like clean the coils on the inside, and I watched him do it, and I was like, oh, this is easy. I got this. And so the next time it was time, I I like opened it up and and I was in there with a wire brush and I there was gunk and things that I was cleaning out and I'm like I don't want to do this again. This is disgusting. This is a one time thing. <laughs> yeah. So I know how I am capable, but that is that is a thing that I can recognize. I would rather pass off to someone. Let's talk about the fact that we can maintain homes, right? And like, what is what is the value? Not the value of maintenance. We just, we've already talked about this, but let's talk about like why it is good to be able to maintain things as opposed to things that are sold as no maintenance. Oh, right, because no maintenance sounds great. Like, yeah, like, straight up, look me in my face. Look me in my face, Caitlin. No maintenance does do you, not exist. Well, do you want to do home maintenance? No. Okay. Heck no. no. Nobody really does. <laughs> Nobody That's, wants to do it. Nobody. No. I mean, there is some peace in the rhythm of it. I will I will admit to that. But I'm not very good at keeping up with the rhythm of it. Like, no. it's the same thing with gardening. In the spring, I get really excited. I do a bunch of gardening. And then it gets hot. And I don't touch it. And everything dies. <laughs> So unless I put an automatic waterer in, which means that the maintenance is automated, right? Everything dies. Sometimes you have to just automate those tasks. Um, But no maintenance doesn't exist. No maintenance means that it cannot be maintained. Yeah, I think that is – that's a super important (laughs) distinction. No maintenance sounds good, but unable to be maintained means that it will break and have to be replaced. It means it has to be – replaced no maintenance means it has to be replaced so luxury vinyl title that's one thing that everyone loves it cannot be maintained you cannot refinish luxury vinyl tile it's a long-term schedule that it will fail but like if the edges start chipping or whatever Mm -hmm. because there's layers to it Mm -hmm. you have to replace that entire floor Mm -hmm. and do it all again because you can't like sand it and refinish it yeah (laughs) um same thing with plastic windows Or honestly, even much as I appreciate that there are better windows that you can buy than vinyl windows, new windows, most new windows can't even be maintained. The double uh, insulated glass, the seals fail Mm -hmm. after something like 10 to 25 years. And you either have to replace that whole insulated glass unit, which is not something that's DIYable. And it's not readily available either. No, it's not like you can go to Home Depot and buy one that fits your exact window. You have to call the company that you bought the window from. Hope they're still in business. Hope they still exist, you know, which is why you want to go with the long-term existing ones, especially if you want to tain your windows. And they will either send you a new sash. Like, I don't... Sometimes it still is replaceable window because they've changed their profiles. Mm-hmm. Um this is the problem with mass-produced things, right? So when things are handmade, like all of these old wood windows, you can cut the glass to fit. Yeah. It's a simple thing to do. Or, I mean, if the frame, if you neglect your maintenance, you don't keep up with your painting, a part of the frame gets a little rotted, you can, like, scab in a section of wood and make that a solid, fully functional unit. Yeah. There are so many different parts and pieces that you can repair. Right. You can maintain that entire system and beyond just one aspect of it. Right. The window gets painted shut. You can unstick it. The ropes break. You can re-rope the window. Like there are – it was built to be maintained. There are things like masonry, which has a very long maintenance schedule. It is 
low maintenance. So this is what I tell clients anytime we try and do something. No maintenance doesn't exist. That means it needs to be replaced. Low maintenance is a good thing. We we aim for low maintenance. We right. aim for materials that last. We aim for things that don't take a lot of input to just look good. So, you know, brick and stone and all of those things. Don't paint them and you never have to do anything except for occasionally repointing the masonry. And that's a 20, 30, 50 year? Depending. I mean, it could be 100 years. Old houses have different mortar than new houses. It's a different mix. So like old house mortar is softer. Okay. And it's like a little bit harder to maintain. Like you don't want to do it with modern mortar because it's harder than the bricks sometimes and then it breaks the brick. But new mortar is basically cement and – yeah, you could go a hundred years. I don't know how long we have with new mortar, honestly. Because we're still figuring. Because we're, I mean, yeah, <laughs> we've got we've got lime mortar that's a hundred years old, but we don't have modern mortar that's more than fifty years old. So, but the the fact of the story here is that that the exterior cladding of that building, the the brick and mortar, has a near infinite lifespan, right? As because it can be maintained, because it can be maintained. Um, it. It and it doesn't need intensive. a lot of maintenance. Yeah. Like, you probably won't ever have to do it in the lifetime of your house. <laughs> let's let's just – it won't be your problem. It'll be your kid's problem or their kid's problem. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned how things that were crafted by hand were meant to be maintained. And things that are mass-produced are generally, you know, meant to be replaced. I mean, there's a little bit of planned obsolescence that does exist. People say it doesn't – I fully believe it does because there are like I have a light bulb that was in my attic that is a hundred years old and if I put it in a light it will still turn on it's a hundred years old so like I can't mm-hmm. even get an LED bulb to last for three years even though they say they're supposed to last forever it's, like 10 or 12 right yeah they don't <laughs> because there's parts and stuff in there that are mass-produced that fail it's mm-hmm. too many moving parts too much stuff too much complexity to the thing. So it may or may not be planned obsolescence is that there's complexity in the manufacturing and some little thing is not perfect and that thing fails. Yeah. I mean, everything can be built to a really high standard in a mass-produced object, but because of the number of parts and pieces in that system, it increases the likelihood that the system will fail. Right. And in a light bulb, an LED light bulb is a really great example. So it's not a large footprint and it's not necessarily expensive, but it is completely closed in and contained. Mm -hmm. And it is straight up cheaper to just buy a new light bulb than it is to break that open and replace the one piece that maybe failed and go forward. Well, more often than not, you can't. Like, that's a thing you literally can't fix. Um, And I I mean, if the 100-year-old light bulb in my attic, if the filament breaks and I can't fix it, but that it was made with a thicker filament Mm -hmm. because it was harder to manufacture things at that higher tolerance at the time. So the filament lasts longer. Like that's just one of the, and the same thing with when it's handmade tolerances are bigger. So there's just a little bit more wiggle room and adjustability in there that you can go back and retool things, floors and all of that stuff. And here is a perfect time to Talk about our stoves. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot. We just did this. Both of us. So I have a 1951 Chambers range. Came with my house. Didn't buy it by choice. I was terrified of it at first. Going to be honest because it's it's a gas range. It has like a smaller oven. Um, and you had at the time you had to light the oven with a um, lighter. Like got to remember. And I thought I would forget and like blow the house up or something. <laughs> and it has a pilot light to light the burners on the top. Same thing in this world of everyone's trying to get rid of gas ranges and you know because they're bad for you and the health or whatever. I've had it in my house for ten years. Maybe I'm getting a little bit of carbon monoxide poisoning from Maybe the just a, consistent burning, just but like a zest of it. Yeah. Though. But also my house is so leaky that it's probably not <laughs> hanging around. So it's fine. I was afraid of it at first. And I got to use it. And I loved it. And it is something that can be maintained. Like, you can't maintain modern ranges. There's too many electronics and parts and things. Like, some things can be fixed. But very often, like, the guys that come out, those are techs that have had three hours of training. And basically, they replace a part. and Hope for the best. Hope for the best. 
And they don't know like the mechanics of this. And so I recently had my range completely rehabbed, which was a dream of mine, which had the timing been different, it would have been even better. But (laughs) it was expensive at a time when I didn't need it to be. And they took it all apart. Like it has interchangeable parts Mm -hmm. and cleaned everything and put it all back together, re-insulated. And this thing, it's a 70-year-old range. It'll last another 70 years. It'll just keep going. There are not enough moving parts. Like, there's not things that break. Yeah. Like, the only way you can break it is if you don't clean it and use it properly. (laughs) The chambers that I recently acquired in our new house was not in great shape. I mean, it had been neglected. It was so rough. Um, And I, I tried for weeks just to get it clean. And it, I still couldn't do it. Um, the same folks that rehab Caitlin's stove came, actually, when they dropped, or did some, came back to follow up on some stuff with hers. No, it was it, when they dropped mine off. No, because it was in the middle yeah. of the night when they yeah. dropped mine off. It was a different trip. Uh, <laughs> but they picked ours up and did, they didn't do as intensive of a refresh on ours, but they repaired all the mechanical parts. And, mm-hmm. and they did do some cleaning for us, which I am so thankful for because it needed it so badly. Um, but they they made this stove that had I walked in walked into this house with less knowledge about what it was, I would have thought it was a rattle trap piece of shit, and like it would have gone on the curb. Yeah, but a, a couple weeks with some folks who know what they're doing, and they made it fully functional again. A lot of the parts and pieces we had. Some of them were actually broken because there's like springs that will rust out, but those can be replaced. Um, and there, there were some parts that they took from other stoves that they had and replaced with mine because they were in better condition. Um, but all of those things f- can fit together. They all worked. And even when they were here installing it and like calibrating it to make sure that the burners were at the right height and um, the gas load and everything, like they found some issues with parts and they were able to just swap out with some extras that they brought. I got one of your burner tubes. Oh, hey. <laughs> That's cute. Isn't that cute? Oh. So we built a little bridge across downtown. When they came, <laughs> when they came to bring his range back, they came and tuned up some things on mine. And one of my burner tubes was like missing a piece. And they had, like, I had one piece since so they like put the two things together. So yeah, I have one of the tubes from your range. <laughs> I find this much cuter than it should be. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a great point. It can be tuned up, right? It can be taken care of, right. even if it if it's not fully functional the way that we want it or expect it. There's there's adjustments that can be made so it does work as it should, as it's designed. Yeah. Um, and a lot of of modern things, you don't have that, no. or the the opportunities for adjustment are extremely finite. And like I once mean, that things, electronic goes bad, we have great. a very throwaway culture. Things are not especially electronics and appliances and things are not made to be repaired. And it's partly this race to the bottom uh, that we have had with wanting to have everything cheaply. Um, And then there's also the just trends and needing new things and Mm -hmm. wanting new things and whatnot. So, well, there's, there's a lot of money in new things. Oh yeah. And there's not that much money in taking care of the things that you already have. Oh, we are we are sold and we are pushed new fashion designs every two weeks. <laughs> and no one knows how to like sew on a button anymore to make the pair of pants that you have that still fit fine, that still look good, still functional. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we've lost a lot of skills and a lot of interest and desire to maintain things, not just in our homes, but like in our in our lives in general. Yeah. Um, and Fortunately, in older homes, they were, if you were fortunate enough to have an old home. Yes. There's all of those systems and pieces were meant to be maintained. And so taking care of them will make that house last that much longer. And even if you have a house that is newer and doesn't have as many things that can be maintained, taking care of the parts that can Mm -hmm. will increase the quality of existence in that home and the longevity of that home. Well, in making choices... And this is anything. If you're building a new house, if you're renovating an existing house, um, making choices, not necessarily because 
things that are inexpensive usually can't be maintained, right? Mm -hmm. So you might spend more for the full thickness, three-quarter inch wood floors, but they can be maintained. They will last 100 years. Or the LVT costs less up front, but in 10, 20 years, you're going to have to pull that out and do a new thing. And there's not only the cost of purchasing the flooring and the cost of having it installed and the cost of disposal of the old flooring. There is the entire life chaos that is essentially moving out of your house. So you can take (laughs) everything off of the floors and put new floors down, which is super disruptive. Yeah. Getting my stove repaired was quite the sensitive subject in my household (laughs) because Alec had no interest in it. He doesn't love the stove. He doesn't, he doesn't see the value in it. He didn't spend two weeks trying to clean it. No, we bonded. (laughs) Bernadette and I, we bonded. (laughs) Yes, I named my stuff. Um, <laughs> but he he only saw the dollar signs. And he was like, for way less than what we are spending to make this stove functional, I can go and buy a literal new stove, a new gas range that will do the job that we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And that would be cheaper and easier. And I had to be like, hey, look, I see. I, I get that point. I fully understand. But, in th- but this is years, this is the value bridge. of it. <laughs> yeah. Like this, this will continue to function. Right. And I understand that you may not love it. And we may eventually replace it with a different something that is what you want. But when it comes time there, this object will still have value. Yeah. And we can recoup that value by selling it to somebody else. Mm-hmm. I didn't just fix an appliance. I made an investment in this thing that I own, which I will hopefully be able to recuperate when that time comes around to to get rid of it. Yeah. Because it will be well-maintained and someone else will see the beauty and value of an appliance with an infinite lifespan. A perceived infinite lifespan, maybe. Like, it won't last forever because eventually the guys who know how to fix it won't exist anymore. Yes. Okay, so let's briefly this stove actually turned out to be a, a really great way to drive this conversation um, <laughs> because Caitlin and I both worked with a company based out of Dallas mm-hmm. that, and they took our stoves away, serviced them where their techs are and then brought them back. And that the guy who's kind of the head of that company works with a lot of younger folks and he's training them to to be able to service these things. And that's awesome, right? Mm-hmm. He is continuing that knowledge. He's continuing those trades. Um, I think he learned it from his dad. Who learned it from his, his dad. <laughs> so like Richard essentially is working on his grandfather's knowledge that he has built upon right. and, and like modernized and stuff. But yeah, it, it has been generational and it has been passed down. There's one person in the Tulsa Metro that can work on these appliances. One guy. One guy. He is way older. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does not work a consistent schedule. <laughs> and he has greater demand than he can keep up with. So I reached out to him in February after we bought this house and therefore acquired the stove. And I was like, hey, I need you to get this. I, I would like you just to check it out. And the dude was like, okay, well, you're going to have to bring this to me. And you're going to have to call me back in July. Because that's the <laughs> earliest I will be able to look at this for you. <laughs> Granted, these things weigh... Oh, my God. Like, 500 pounds. They're so heavy. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like, the moving it to him was... That's a, the a, biggest a, barrier. <laughs> was a bigger barrier than waiting until the summer. Yeah. Uh, but the the point there is the knowledge base or, like, the, the desire and the skill set to maintain so many of these things is being lost. Yeah. And... That's why a lot of of folks have to take on DIY projects, right? Yeah. Like that's – there's a company in Oklahoma City that can reglaze windows, and they do a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, they've got a really long waiting list, and and it's way easier for myself to get out here and replace this glazing putty and get it taken care of in a weekend. Yes. And, and, and it's good to go. I mean, it would be so nice – And I mean, while we're dreaming here, it would be so nice to be able to have someone to call for that in every town. (laughs) Yes. And you could just, or like you had more than one person, several choices, like just call up Windows R Us and they will know. But if you call up a window company, like. They will sell you new windows. They'll sell you new windows. They, and I've had so many people, because 
preservation commissioner, right? People come to us and they say, well, we've talked to all of these window companies and they can't work on windows. It's like, no, they can't because they sell windows. They don't repair windows. Yeah. Because again, <laughs> there is more money in the new than right. there is in the maintain. Yes. And so they're a person that is motivated by profit largely won't get into that. Mm-mm. And again, it falls back on that homeowner. And mm-hmm. it, it's up to us to take care of these amazing spaces that we get to live in. Mm-hmm. And there's there's so many ups and downs and joys and stresses that come with it. It's okay. We get it. You're not alone. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, we would love for you to leave us a rating or review on the podcast platform of your choice. We really appreciate the support and it helps other people know the show is worth a listen. So if you happen to be new to homeownership or just old homeownership in general, what systems need maintained? It could Is there a list? Is there – because I actually found one of the – I don't know how I fell down this rabbit hole on TikTok is someone was talking about like things that needed to be maintained that they had no idea that needed to be maintained. Like what did I find? Uh the electrical wires. So if you have aluminum electrical wires, which is usually the wires that go to your box, like they need greased every couple of years. What? Which is like, how do I even do that? I didn't know that was a thing. I'm not calling an electrician to come maintain my electric system. <laughs> but apparently that's a thing. Yeah. So I there are there are so many things that can use attention. There are so many things that can be maintained. Um and I'm not here to try and make anybody feel bad <laughs> for their inattention to home maintenance. Uh, and I don't, I'm not trying to make you regret not greasing your wires. I mean, in your walls. Just a, well, it's not in the walls, it's in the box usually, but still, still ridiculous. I, and honestly, nobody does that. No. Who does that? No. Um, <laughs> Just like flushing a water heater. Who actually does that? I know one person. You know one person? One person. How old are they? Like, I also feel like it's generational because millennial and millennial. <laughs> Fair. Solid. I don't we know. We were taught these things. Age. Our parents didn't do that kind of maintenance. Well, no, because our parents were sold the no maintenance. I know. Our parents bought into homes that... You didn't need to do anything. And literally the other weekend, my parents came to to check out the new house and they had to run home because their windows were getting replaced. Ugh. It's it's a whole thing. <laughs> but didn't is this in the house that they built? Yes. So I mean they've those windows have been there for 30 years. 30 years? That's it, pretty much the the time you get out of new windows, unfortunately. <laughs> they needed to be replaced about 10 years ago. Well, and the, yeah, those 20 years. Failed. But yeah, that's the that's the deal. Mm-hmm. Um but an a, an outlook I take to to maintenance that this is how I find peace with it. On those days when I'm like shit, I didn't flush that water heater or I didn't do <laughs> x y and z. <laughs> It's now hot and I didn't do the springtime things, whatever. Anything that you do, that you do take care of and that you do maintain, that is benefit. Yeah, it's a net positive. Every every step that you can take to another item that you can check off that list is great. And if you can slowly add more things to that list, if you can keep adding capacity to your maintenance task list, checklist, whatever, mm-hmm. that's only for the good. That's true. So don't beat yourself up yeah. for the things that you haven't done. But there is there is always potential. There's always more stuff to check off or things to add on to. And I, that also kind of sounds overwhelming. Like, sure, that's a way to look at it. But the more you can do, the better it's going to be. Like, the, the reward will be greater. When I think... Honestly, anytime we talk about putting systems into our lives, like we're talking about a system of a regular maintenance schedule and making it work for you. Yes. yes. So it's honestly making it work for you. So you start small. You can't fix the world in a day. (laughs) Solid. (laughs) I have learned this the hard way because every time I, you know, I get on this kick and I'm going to, I'm just going to make it perfect. I'm going to create the perfect system the first time around. You're not. You're not going to create the perfect system first time around. Do one thing. And then in next month, 
Do another. Add another thing to the list. And then next month, maybe do another thing. Like, yeah. And if you didn't accomplish something in the middle, like, let it be until you get to that thing. Like, mm-hmm. the- <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be all right. The house will still be there. Like, there, there's always another chance to revisit. And even people that I know that do the best job of, like, staying on top of their list and keeping up with things, they don't get to everything. No. Nobody gets to everything. No. Honestly, I think Stacy is the best model for maintenance. And it's just because she's the Instagram old house mom. I love her. She's precious. So cute. <laughs> and she has the most zen thing about, you know, kind of everything. And, you know, she'll just which you remind me I need to do was clean my dishwasher out. I've mm. never done that. <laughs> okay, so in in the old house we had never there is a drain, there is a strainer on the inside of your dishwasher. Right. And I didn't know about it. I never thought about it. We ran this dishwasher let's say daily for like 5 years. <laughs> and then suddenly one day my dishes weren't getting clean and I was like, oh, "What's going on?" And so I I was like doing some reading. I pulled out the owner's manual. I think I had to download the owner's manual because we threw it away. And I was like, what? Why dishwasher no clean? Right? <laughs> like these are the things that I Google. Google and it. <laughs> um, it was like, have you cleaned your dishwasher filter? And I was like, hold up. This is a thing? There's a filter? <laughs> so what? I, no. <laughs> I, I found it and I cleaned it out and it was disgusting. Then put it back in and my dishwasher still didn't clean well. And I was like, okay, next step. And it's like, did you clean the squirty spinning round your bars? And I was like, wait. Wait, you can clean those? I can <laughs> clean those? So turns out it's super easy. But I was able, the the squirter spinning roundy bars of your dishwasher, like, pull off. <laughs> and the little nozzles had gotten clogged because of junk that had gotten through, through the clogged the filter. filter. Oh, no. <laughs> Had gotten lodged in the squirty spinner bars, and it was no longer adequately squirting water to clean my dishes. Fantastic. And, I mean, it was a – I think it took me 10 minutes total to clean the filter, to clean out the little squirt bars. It, it took, like, a chopstick and poked the gunk out and then rinsed it out and put them back. And then my dishes were clean again. Well, that's a maintenance mindset, right? So, like, you went to it going, okay, rather than this thing doesn't work, let me replace it. This thing doesn't work. Can I repair it? <laughs> yes. Let me tell you about the other member of my household who was ready to go Just dishwasher go shopping. <laughs> ready to go dishwasher shopping because our poles weren't clean. I'm kind of that person, unfortunately. <laughs> but I'm telling you, 20 minutes on the Google and 10 minutes with the chopstick and suddenly this not cheap purchase. But it's so... And it's so Works rewarding great. when you can fix oh, something. Oh, it was so good. It's so rewarding. And like about a week later, the same thing started happening. Mm-hmm. And I was like, God damn, what happened? Fixed it. <laughs> but some some gunk had gotten in the pipes. And now that everything was clean, more water was flowing. And so the squirting bars got clogged up again. But I knew what to do. It was a, it was a two-minute task this time around. Right? Yeah. You take it out. You poke them through. You put it back. Life was grand, and it continued to give us years of service. Like that, that was such a rewarding moment for me. And it was, it was a tiny act of maintenance. It was fantastic. That's awesome. So, okay, you you introduced like what are some of the things that need to be maintained, and that that is a nebulous question <laughs> uh, because you can just kind of stand in a room and gesticulate widely at everything. I mean, interior. Generally, maintenance is simple. It's clean. Yeah. Clean the house. Which, okay, let's count that. If you clean your house semi-regularly, you are no. you are maintaining your house. <laughs> but, like, vacuuming is maintaining your floors. That's why I have a Roomba. Uh, hey. Automate, automate the maintenance. Automate the maintenance. <laughs> but taking care of those things. Right. Cleaning your shower is maintenance like those those tasks are actually maintenance and so cleaning your bathroom making yes. sure that like the the toilet doesn't have scum on it making sure the drain is clean those are those are all forms of maintenance now there's there's like a base level maintenance there's there's routine maintenance there's like deeper maintenance that needs to happen on a usually like a semi regularly schedule and then there's particular maintenance that'll just need to happen when it needs to happen. Yeah. And that sounds super ambiguous and it <laughs> kind of is because there's 
there's so many different things that can be maintained. I like to break it down by specific systems Mm -hmm. and then by like specific areas of home. So an HVAC system is, is a classic example of maintenance. Yeah. Super regularly, you have to replace the filters in your, your AC, your furnace, whatever that's going to be. Yeah. Usually once or twice a year, you need to give it a deeper clean. So you're squirting out the exterior compressors of your HVAC unit. You are um, cleaning the coils on the inside. Usually you clean the coils in the springtime before it gets hot. So they are fresh and ready to go. Mm-hmm. And then you have to do some furnace maintenance before it gets cool. So in the fall mm-hmm. to make sure that that's ready to heat. So that when the heat kicks on, it doesn't smell like burning cat hair. Exactly. Well, that's not my problem, but okay. Yes, I feel that. Uh, but then every once in a while, you will have to like replace a part of that system or you will have to do a, a more enhanced cleaning or something as they that need system more needs it. Freon and the yeah. system up or something like Solid. that. Solid. Yeah. But checking in on it, like when you replace your filters regularly, your coils will be less dirty on that annual cleaning. Definitely. When your coils are clean, there's less strain on the exterior unit. Mm-hmm. And so you are preventing like breakdowns and mechanical failures. And when uh, that whole system operates better, the the motors and things that make all that stuff run last longer. Yeah. And so just going to the big box store and buying an AC filter and replacing it once a month or three months, depending on whatever you got going on. Yeah makes all of that last longer. When honestly that, I mean, filters are easy. That's so easy. That's an easy, and honestly, some things people forgot about them. (laughs) I lived in an apartment in college for three years in the super. So maintenance was not my responsibility, right? Never replaced the filter. And I looked at it one day. I was like, that's the filter. That is black. (laughs) That's not good. (laughs) It's not supposed to be that color. Nope. Uh, so yeah, that you know, even if even if you are not necessarily responsible for maintenance, doesn't mean maintenance is getting done. Fair, but fair, you know. Um, okay, so HVAC needs maintenance. Your plumbing needs maintenance, and we kind of talked about that earlier. Like cleaning out your toilet and your shower and your tub—that's that's just cleaning, yeah. But cleaning out your kitchen sink, cleaning it, or like rinsing out the disposal. Oh yeah. Cleaning out the filter in your dishwasher, which you should, everybody should probably go and do this. It's yeah. just a good reminder. If you've never done it, just go check it. Or even if you did it, Unless it's been you have too someone long. who's like terribly OCD who loads the dishwasher and washes them before they go in the dishwasher. Because I cleaned it, hadn't cleaned it in five years. It was spotless. So <laughs> Check out your dishwasher filter. Yeah, just check it. <laughs> Which is a maintenance task. Like, check it off the list. Yeah, like, oh, I did that. But then every once in a while, you know, you need to, like, make sure all of those drains and everything are functioning. You may need to re-caulk around a kitchen sink. You Mm -hmm. may need to re-grout tile in a bathroom to prevent water from getting into the wall and then having to replace all that type of stuff. But that's having your eyes on it and being familiar with it lets you know when it's time for that more intensive maintenance type stuff right when it maybe it's call someone in because it's yeah. beyond your capabilities i mean like i will gladly caulk around a sink hell i put the sink in in my kitchen i need to do the caulk around my kitchen sink but that. and that's a <laughs> that is not hard it's really not no but like i'm not about to rush out and buy just whip up a batch of grout to regrout my shower that Honestly, seems like a the too grout far. is well, yeah. Regrouting a shower is not fun because you got to hit the old grout out. Yeah, I am. Okay, mm-hmm. but knowing those limits, knowing when that needs to happen, and you know, maybe you are feeling froggy and you want to jump that day, or maybe you want to call somebody. Like you can, you can be aware of the problem and the extent of the work that it's going to take, and be better prepared to make those decisions. Yeah, I mean, it's basically all maintenance is is checking where things fail. So, like, yeah. you want to check for water intrusion so that's you know windows exterior walls same thing so you're checking for is your paint in good condition if your paint's chipping might want to address that because paint is maintenance um the glazing on the windows that's what we were talking about earlier the weather stripping around your doors right like if you can look at your door and see see sunlight that's that means air can just come straight up through there it's a problem yeah yeah and there's there's different ways to seal a door. There's different types of weather stripping. 
but making sure that that's buttoned up will increase comfort and increase longevity and, and do all of these things. Yeah. Um, one thing that I do a terrible job of maintaining is, is thinking about the safety systems in my house. <laughs> Like smoke detectors? Yes. Yeah, I've never checked mine. I have pulled them off of ceilings because they would just beep too much. <laughs> Which, okay, that sounds bad. It's not like I needed to replace the battery. But, like, uh, they would go off every time we would, like, sear a stake in the old house. And because they were placed not they were in, in appropriate place, spots. Yeah. And so they would just catch smoke all the damn time. Part of that was also that our stove wasn't properly vented. Like, there was, there was a lot there. But uh, thinking about that, thinking... You know, when was the last time – do you have a fire extinguisher in your kitchen? I do. And when was the last time it was serviced? It's one that you don't have to. I got the kind you don't have to. There was one that came with the house in our old house. <laughs> and it has just lived under the sink forever. And uh, I'm pretty sure that it probably doesn't work anymore. Granted, don't give me points for that because I did not have a fire extinguisher of any kind in my house for nearly 10 years. This is a recent addition to the house. Okay. Okay. We're not keeping score. <laughs> Points are irrelevant. Um, but yeah, those yeah, I don't really carbon monoxide. Carbon monoxide, I'm actually good. So this is a thing that you didn't may or may not have known. They need replaced every seven years. Yep. Um, so if you have a carbon monoxide texture, if you're like extra. I had one finally, it was time to replace it. I don't know. I must have put a reminder in my phone. I don't know how I remembered because seven years is like long time. Forget that. Um we went and got a new one, and now I have another reminder in the phone for when that one fails in seven years. Setting calendar reminders is going to be great for that type of stuff. Uh, you can also re- like write on the back of it because it's going to be on a wall. Yeah, you just true. have to remember to check it every so often. I think calendar reminders in the phone is the only way that's going to happen for me. I'm trying to give options, Caitlin. I know. I'm trying to give people ideas. Writing day- so that's what I do with filters, right? So like, yep, I have a giant air filter for my. HVAC, I write the date on it when I replace it. Yep. And it's every six months is when I'm supposed to do it. So I go and I'll occasionally be like, is it time to do that yet? Hmm. And I'll go and look at the date and go, oh, it's been six months. Okay. Okay, great. And then this last time they came to service and it had been 10 months and I didn't have any filters. Oops. <laughs> Oops. Um, other than systems, things that should be maintained or I think of higher priority as should be maintained are things that move. Things that move and then things that should not move but have potential to move. You want your doors and windows to be able to function. Right. Maybe you need to grease them. Maybe they need to be sealed, whatever that is. But they should be functional. I never really thought about it, but I lived in a great many of apartments and houses that the windows just straight up didn't open. And I was like, well, it would be nice to open this on a sunny day. But also, if there was ever a fire and I could not escape... I would be very upset. You'd have to break glass, and that's and, not fun. And like Nobody lacerate myself. Nobody wants that. But making sure that those things can still function are are super duper great. Yeah. Um, and then things that shouldn't move but have potential to, uh, like your washing machine, you should make sure that it's not vibrating all over the place and is pretty stationary. Dishwasher, same deal. Yeah. Um, there are other things in this category, but I cannot think of them at the moment. That shouldn't. I mean, things that are like mounted in place, uh, mantle pieces, um, moldings and stuff throughout your house. You want to make sure that like that's solid and secure. Light fixtures, ceiling light, fans. Light fixtures. Make sure that there's uh. not. So I'm looking at the light fixture that is in my library right now. And it's like pretty flush up to the ceiling. If in a few months I looked up there and there was now a significant gap between the top of the fixture and the ceiling, that would be an indicator that something is moving around up there that's potentially going to cause me problems. Meanwhile, me. (laughs) I forgot Caitlin has a story about the light fixture. I almost got killed by a light fixture. Um, We put in, so when we moved into the house, we moved a light fixture from the living room to the dining room, big heavy fixture. And we put in a fan box that was rated for the weight of the fixture. Mm-hmm. Don't buy plastic fan boxes. Would be a, a fan advice. box being, a, I think of box fan. A fan box is the the, a, the part that holds the electrical that can, components yeah. that is mounted in the ceiling that you would mount the fixture or fan to that it connects to. We thought we were doing the right thing. Should have done a metal box. 
it was a plastic box. The plastic let go, the fixture fell down, and we were just lucky that no one was in the dining room at the time because it – It looked bad. It was bad. It was real bad. <laughs> it was so loud and scary. And there was no warning. So sometimes there's no warning. Some yeah. things just fail. Like, Some things do happen. You can't no, – I mean, you wouldn't think that you had to maintain something that's attached to the ceiling. But then the next day, guess who was in the attic checking all of the other light fixtures? This, this girl was Maintenance. in the attic checking all Maintenance. of the other light fixtures. <laughs> so they're – the things that we talked about are just some things that you can maintain or should maybe keep an eye on mm-hmm. and consider maintaining around your house. There's a ton more. If you've got a garage, garage door opener, all that type of stuff. If you've got um, garden tools, a lawnmower, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have sports equipment and toys or swing sets or whatever, decks require maintenance. Exterior furniture can use maintenance. Like there's, There's so many things, but it really depends on your house, Hmm. where you live, what you got going on, and what your interest in, in doing all that maintenance is. Yeah. So no one is expecting anyone to hold all of this in your head. No. It would be incredible if you could. I don't know that we could be friends because you'd be some <laughs> freaky superhuman. No. But <laughs> most people use some form of schedule to stay up to date on their on home maintenance. Or they wait until it's catastrophic failure and then they <laughs> That's go, not oh, home no, maintenance. No, I shouldn't do that. No. <laughs> <laughs> that is not home maintenance. I I mean, I'll look at something and remember, hey, I should do that. That's more of a see it and do it thing. But that's I wouldn't say that that system is working for me. <laughs> so I would not recommend it. <laughs> uh, okay, so that is that's one method. And we're gonna endorse that as probably not the best method. Yeah, please don't do that. Don't um, be like me. <laughs> but Caitlin's brought up setting reminders in her phone to replace filters and do things. If, yeah, if you can automate it, do it. If that's your jam, go for it. Mm-hmm. I live and die by my Google Calendar and the things that are in it. And I don't want to clog it up with home maintenance tasks. Fair. So that. Yeah, because that's like, that doesn't feel like a thing. Like you could schedule it. Yeah. See, I don't put it on a calendar. I put it as a reminder. My reminders go on my calendar. Okay. It's it's the difference between Apple and, and Google. It's fine. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> so there's a separate thing for reminders, and the reminders are kind of like a checklist, and that pops up, and it has a little, like, red to-dos if you go past the date. It stays. If you go past the date on a calendar item, it doesn't remind you again. Google does. Well, Okay. <laughs> It's the same thing. You just have reminders within yeah. your Google Calendar, right? Um, but the story here is finding the thing that works for you. Right. Right. Find the I don't I'm hesitant to say system because we've used that a lot, but find <laughs> find whatever mechanisms are gonna work for you to keep it up. And you may have to try several different ones. Oh yeah. It may be post-it notes, it may be a written calendar, it might be at a some Beautiful mind map with strings. I don't know what's going to be your jam. <laughs> I mean, if you live by a planner, put it in the planner. Yeah, it's like a monthly item. That's there's lots a of thing. different things. Um, but there's there's a lot of lists that are available online to to look up to get you started. Yeah, and I looked up some of these. I've looked them up at different points in my life because I've been like, I should keep up with my house better. <laughs> and then I looked up some of these lists and I was like, oh, I'm not ready. <laughs> That's too much. Too Back much. it up. Because some there are people that are so detailed and they have to have everything written out on the list in order to keep up with it. Yeah. And there are other people who prefer a vague approach. And so there's uh, – some people break it down by month. Some people break it down by season. Mm-hmm. Some people organize it by – the system like HVAC maintenance and that has its own schedule and then plumbing has its own schedule and you know all this type of stuff. So there's there's a ton of resources available. There's a ton of opportunities out there to get you started and and to make you aware of some of the things that need maintenance can be maintained, should be maintained. Well and if you're like me who likes to just figure it out, <laughs> you might start by 
going through your house and taking stock of what you think might need to be maintained. Like, just go and say, do I have a dishwasher? Okay, well, that needs to be potentially maintained. Like, yeah. if you don't have a dishwasher, you don't have to maintain the dishwasher, right? Um, different kinds of HVAC systems need to be maintained differently. Like, if you have geothermal, like, we get really complicated. Um, or solar panels, like, even those things need different kinds of maintenance. So it again, it's very specific to what you might have in your house. Yeah. Go through, take a stock, you know, go room by room, go system by system, whatever makes your brain happy. Yeah. <laughs> um because it it has to work for you. Right. Right. If it doesn't work, if you're trying to force yourself into somebody else's mind map and brain structure and stuff, it's probably going to fail. And so you're <laughs> going to put off that maintenance even longer. And that's not what we're going after. Well, right. no. And I mean, no one needs to be like, feel like they aren't keeping up or upset with themselves because someone else's system doesn't work for you. Yeah. Like, cause that's their system. Like, find your find own your system. Own. <laughs> um, if you are, if you're like me, I made my own planner. He did. It's actually really good. Like a, a year long calendar that has maintenance tasks broken down month by month because that works for my little brain and it when thinking about the things that i need to do in the month like what are birthdays and anniversaries coming up and all that type of stuff it has a checklist of maintenance tasks that are appropriate for that season now none of those tasks necessarily have to be done in that time frame but i tried to think about things that make sense so i'm doing mostly interior maintenance when it's cold outside and doing a lot of exterior stuff, uh, like windows and painting and stuff in the spring and fall mm-hmm. when it's not too hot, but it's still pretty pleasant to be outside and and getting those things ready to use in the season that you need them. Yeah. Um, and then I have the way my planner is set up is you have that monthly overview and then you have the week by week pages so that you can schedule out specific tasks on days if that works for you. But if you just want the checklist and take care of it when you're ready, that's also an option. Don't you have a downloadable on your website? I do have a downloadable. I need to update it so that May is available. Um, <laughs> but like the those monthly checklists are up there. Uh, but if you would like the full planner, it's available on Amazon. I'm sure we'll link it in the show notes. Yeah. If Caitlin's okay with it. Oh, yeah. Link it in the show notes. It's a cool planner. I'm not one who lives with my planner. I'm terrible because I have to have it like stuck to a wall or it gets lost somewhere in the house. And if it's closed, it doesn't exist. (laughs) So (laughs) I working together with this is very fun. (laughs) Either reminders that pop up on my phone because it's always in my face or sticky notes. Um, I have a wall calendar that I'll write stuff on like by a monthly basis. So like that checklist is good for me because it gives me somewhere to start for the wall calendar, but like carrying the planner around, I, uh, whatever your system is, it may be the perfect system for you. That doesn't mean you will necessarily use it consistently and successfully all the time. <laughs> I love my planner. I built the planner to be the specific tool that I needed. And I will use it intensely for like weeks at a time. And then I will leave it on the dining room table for three weeks and not touch it. <laughs> but I like the paper format because it's written there. I can go back and like see what I've done and haven't done and and make sure all that stuff gets gets taken care of in some way, shape, or form. Well, it's a keep coming back to it system. Like, it's what keeps you getting back on track. Yeah. You know? And on track, off track, whatever the case, don't feel bad about it. <laughs> Everyone has failed to keep up with their home maintenance at, at some time or other. No one is perfect at it. No. And life happens. You can, you may be on a really great streak and do a wonderful job for some time, and then something changes and you don't get to do those things. Don't get frustrated that you're not perfect, or don't get frustrated or blown off track if you miss a task or two or a month or two. You can always come back to it. Yeah. Doing something is better than doing nothing. Um, it's always going to be a net positive when you can do nice things for your house. Um, and, and just keep track of it.
The Keeping Room is a production of Bungalow Roots Architecture. I'm Caitlin Parker. You can find me at Bungalow Roots on Instagram, where I'm most active, or on my website at bungalowroots.com. And I'm Jake Landry. Follow along with me at Reluctant House Husband on Instagram or on my website, reluctanthousehusband.com. If you've got questions or comments about the podcast, Caitlin and I would love to hear from you at our email address, thekeepingroompod at gmail.com. Thanks for joining. Until next time. Yeah. This feels like home maintenance therapy. Oh. Yay. <laughs>